<laughs> we're three episodes into this. He's one of the best actors in the world on your show. And they're like, we're going to use him twice in three seasons. Giddy for Gideon, but I'm getting tired, folks. I need Giancarlo Esposito in my life. But I do know where we are. And we're on the Mando Fan Show. So thank you, everybody, for joining us live on this Wednesday night. Our final Mando Fan Show of winter. So winter is not coming, Amanda, our guest on the show today. But I'm going to give her a better intro in just a moment. We have James and Lacey with me as always here. And our guest is a very talented cosplayer and author. You could find her books, Level Up Creative Cosplay, on Amazon. You know how to look on Amazon. Come on. Welcome to the Mando Fan Show, Jedi Manda. Amanda, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast Mando Fan Show. Hello, everyone. This is so exciting. I love this podcast, you guys. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, um, mm -hmm. So for anyone listening, watching, who is unfamiliar with you and what you do, uh, have at it with your plugs. Let people know where they could find you in person as a cosplayer, online, all that stuff. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Jedi Amanda. I am a cosplayer. I've been doing this for 10 plus years now. I am an author, as they said, of two books, Creative Cosplay and Level Up Creative Cosplay with someone who looks pretty familiar on the mm. front. Um, I specialize in over, over intricate costumes and crazy stuff. Um, I, like I said, been doing it for 10 plus years. You can find me all over social media at literally every, every platform. Um, I'm probably on TikTok the most right now because that's where everybody is. <laughs> but I also travel around to conventions throughout the U.S. And I will see if you're coming to C2E2, look for me in this awesome outfit that's standing behind me, Rhaenyra Targaryen. So very, yeah. very cool. That's so me. Cool. I feel like ner nerds like a feather flock together. So a lot of people who like Star Me Wars, too. like Lord, uh, like Lord of the Rings, like Game of Thrones, yeah. Harry yep. Potter, yep. all the good stuff. Um, the big, the big franchises do kind of clump everybody together but each each yeah. cosplay especially cosplayers in those communities are really connected so like the star wars cosplayers we have our own little little bugs and then our own little game of thrones and Marvel oh, yeah. as well do you I, do you like, have a particular can i ask a question do you like doing yeah. a mainstream cosplay like would you enjoy doing like hermione or would you enjoy doing like a lesser known background character or creature or something it depends because i i pick my costumes for love of character so i have to like really just be into that person they have to just i just i just love it so much so like renera spoke to me i've read like, fire and blood like i knew i've loved this character and i love the targaryens but like when i was watching uh clone wars i didn't really get into ahsoka till later part of clone wars and i honestly didn't really start liking her till rebels and so mm -hmm that love of Ahsoka just like hit me in the face. I was like, oh, it's kind of like a, it's like an internal, like kind of vomiting kind of thing. You're like, oh, I gotta make it now. And so I have yeah. to make it because that's just how I show my love. So it depends, the character can be main, it could be not. I just and gotta love the character. Choice too, because it's sort of both in a weird way. Like they would be like, oh, you do Star Wars cosplay. So like Princess mm -hmm. Leia or Amidala or something. But yeah. it's like, no, Ahsoka, this lesser known, like yeah. animated character, you know, or whatever. But then it's like, yes. now it's starting, she's starting to grow into like more of the mainstream version mm -hmm. of a, of a oh, yeah. oh, 100%. Yeah. I have, I have some, like, I think actually Star Wars is the fandom I have the most costumes of. And I started cosplaying because of my love of Queen Amidala and Padme. And so I said to myself very young, I was like, I'm going to make all of those costumes someday. And I am. 
And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Very cool. We are very happy to have you. And we're here to Thank talk you. about chapter 19 of The Mandalorian. Yeah. The Convert. And written by John Favreau and Noah Clore, who is a uh, writer on Book of Boba Fett and um, assistant writer on Mandalorian season two. Uh, and this is directed by Lee Isaac Chung. And it's, you know, we're three episodes in, only five to go in season three. And this one took us on quite the tangent. Um, but before we get into the Pedro Pascal face scale, where we rate this thing, we just wanted to thank everybody who's joining us live on youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. If you don't mind taking a moment to just use that mouse and clicking like, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We're trying to grow it. We're only three months in with this new channel. So we appreciate that. Uh, so subscribe there. And of course, if you want your comment read on the show and uh, for us to be able to discuss that comment, uh, we have super chats available as well. So thank you for all of that support. And of course, if you aren't a patron of TRB yet and you want to support what we do that makes shows like this possible, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and become a resistance officer and join the party. Um, all right. So let's get into this thing here. Let's rate this episode. Let's get warmed up and see how we feel about it out of the gate face value style. So each of us are going to go around and rate this thing zero to 10 uh, halves are included. They're allowed on the Pedro Pascal face scale. And the more Pedros we see on screen, the better, right? So let's see how we did. Uh, Amanda, you're our guest of honor. So mm -hmm. what rate this episode zero to 10 on the Pedro scale? I, I rated it a seven and I can't wait to explain my seven. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go right to James here. James, what did you give this episode? Episode three. Um, Chapter a little 19. bit lower. Yeah. Uh, uh, than even my usual self, but a little lower than Amanda there. 6.5 is what I went for this week, which is still on, you know, some people look at that a little bit differently. Like it's a D or an F or something. I look at it like, the middle of the ground is a five. So I still like this episode. There are b more benefits than uh, negatives. In right. This one. Cool. 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 Um, I am with Amanda. I gave this a seven as well. Um, I'll obviously get into it a bit more later. Um, definitely reminded me a lot of Andor. And I know I saw a lot of people feeling mm -hmm. that way too, uh, but there are some cool parallels and also some, you know, disappointing things that we saw about this whole post empire uh, galaxy that we live in. So, uh, Lacey, how about you to round us out here? So, <laughs> I gave this episode a six. Uh, it is okay. my lowest score of all the episodes of Mandalorian. <laughs> and that includes <laughs> the bug episodes. So, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Big Chrissy Teigen gif across the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, James, this is kind of cool because it's very Star Wars-y on what our score wound up being a 6.6 mm -hmm. on the Pedro right there. for DRB. Uh, so there we are. So, yes, get your 66s out of the way in the comments. Pedro 66. Pedro 66. Route 66. Order 66. Um, all right. Our patrons are a bit more positive about this episode. They actually clocked this in at a 7.9. And we'll get to a couple of comments explaining uh, what their vibe is. So we're going to start off with Major Eric Dean. First of all, Eric, thanks for being a part of TRB. Appreciate it. Uh, he said, I'd give it seven Pedros. The Mando bow bookends were strong for both story and action. Mm -hmm. Air fights were well done. The Pershing backstory sandwich in the middle seemed like an Andor episode. There you go. Andor episode in both good and bad ways. 
visually well filmed. It looked beautiful, but dragged on for too long, like um, when neither Andor, Luthen, Kino, or Mon Mothma were on screen in Andor. Just not enough there. I hope it's building to something bigger with the Doctor. Thanks for the great content. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. And then we have uh, Admiral Kyle Baker. What's up, Kyle? Uh, he might be in the chat if we know Kyle. Uh, he said, yeah. it's eight Pedro faces out of 10 for me. Fearful. We're going to see a lot of complaints about seeing less Mando in this one. But I've been really hoping to get back to the cloning storyline and to start setting up the bad guys again. And this chapter not only did that, but did it in unexpected ways and still was bookended with plenty of Mando action. So thank you for that, Kyle. Uh, appreciate that very, very much. All right. Uh, Lacey, do we have any comments we want to get to from the audience? Yeah. So we have a couple of comments. We have Dave Hornack. What up, Dave? Indeed, Dave. He said the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes are worth a point and a half. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> Frank, what up, Frank? He says very little in this episode. Grogu justifies Lacey's six. LOL. Then Joseph, thank you for your comment, says M Mandorlorian. Get it? Ooh, <laughs> and I, in the middle. I, see. I see it. And Love then it. Simon comes back with, hey guys, zero issue with this episode, eight out of ten. Love right it. on. I love where thank everybody you. varies on these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I knew that was right. going to happen with this one. Um, All right, we're about to get into our main discussion and talk all about this thing. But before we do, we know a lot of you are bounty hunters in our audience and you're chasing that giveaway that we have going on all season. So it's time for this week's Mando Code number. Um, As you know, I've been revealing a number on every episode and on our season finale episode where we talk about the season finale. Um, We'll reveal the final number and how to submit your guesses to win the Mando Code bounty. And this year's grand prize is a Star Wars Black Series Mandalorian Ahsoka Tano and Grogu action figure three pack and a Resistance Broadcast logo t-shirt. And we may add to that as we get further along the way this season. So if you're ready, you got your pen, your paper, or you're getting a tattoo on your hand to make sure you don't forget it. Just don't share it with anybody. That's not what bounty hunters do. The Mando code for this week, the third number is two. I said two. <laughs> it is so we have James talking about. <laughs> yeah. James a couple episodes ago was like, John has this big buildup of like, you could win this, this, this. And he's like, and the answer is two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New England clam chowder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the red or the white. Um, all right. Let's get to a super chat before we start talking about chapter 19. Yeah, so our Super Chat comes from Luke. Thank you so much. He says, what up, TRB? Is there any actor you'd like to see show up in Mando Season 3? I think it would be hilarious if Gary Busey showed up as Rob. Oh, my Rob. God. <laughs> Count Pepto <laughs> for the home run. Amanda, what, what do you think? Do you have any any dream actors casting for Mando? Uh, Matt Smith <laughs> as some kind of Imperial guy. I don't know. Did you know? Do you know the whole thing about Matt Smith and Rise of Skywalker? Have you? Did you hear about all that? You know, I I touched on it. I feel like I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but do tell. It was probably he John was so, raving and raving about it. Yeah, Bro. he was. Yeah. he was supposed to be Palpatine, and he was supposed to be a younger clone of Palpatine. Something and they like they axed it and brought back our favorite buddy Ian McDermott instead. So it was in the works, and then they just kind of scrapped it. So like hmm. people thought, like, oh, that was a fake rumor or something. And he had to like sort of do that dance in the media about it. Um, but mm-hmm, we got to mm-hmm. see him uh, show up in uh, uh, 
House of the Dragon. So, and he's re- he's really yeah. good in that show. So, he's- I like that one. What about you guys, James Lacey? Any uh, dream? I'm gonna say character? Keith from Goonies, our Oscar-winning guy. Get him in. Hey, Star Wars. Bring him in. Kiyu Kwan, get him in. in. Get him in. Yes. Yeah. All right. I think that all he'd right. be fully appreciated in Mando. Because oh yeah, all these there's... other people from like '80s shows and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'd love that. Hundred percent. I like that. Um, I definitely want to see him come around again. Yeah, I, I don't know that this would be my top pick, but when the question was asked, it was the first name that popped in my head, Joaquin Phoenix. I feel like he would pull in some sort of Matt Damon and yes. in Interstellar sort of thing where you're like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> like, I, like if they surprised you with an episode where it turns around and it's Joaquin Phoenix, I'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that would that be odd. Thing. Can I, I guess thought... what you're going to say, John? Uh, yeah, sure. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's John Favreau's best friend. Like it doesn't have to be a big role. Let me just see six five Vince Vaughn dressed as some ugly alien and have Love him that. like drinking at a bar or being a bartender just for a couple of minutes, getting hopped up and making bad decisions in a galaxy far, far away. It should have been the Freetown guy. That's that's should have been it's Freetown. No offense to W. Earl yeah. Brown. But yeah, yeah, Amanda, go ahead. I was gonna say, since we've all named like uh, male actors. I'm going to also put Jamie Lee Curtis in this oh role. Oh my god, she was the other one I had in my head. Yes, she was like rumored, yeah. wasn't she? Jamie yes. Lee Curtis is anybody she was rumored for season two? Yeah, right. I or was that Jamie Lee Curtis is my favorite actress <laughs> like on the planet, and and she seems like an amazing human as well. So, mh- uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and congrats to her on on the Oscar win. Let's just pick yeah, all just, the Oscar winners. Spoiler. I was just going to say, honestly, like all the Oscar people: Michelle Kwan, Brandon Fraser, like yeah. Bring them all in. Get them all in there. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get after it with this uh, this chat about this episode. Um, we usually start off by just picking our first, you know, our favorite moment or shot from the episode. So Amanda, did you have one mm-hmm. scene, moment, quote, or shot that you were like, ooh? Ooh. I mean, I think the the immediate face that we never saw of Bo seeing her home be just destroyed, like that mm. I felt... I felt what her face looked like the minute mm-hmm. she said those, what is it, mud? What were they? Mudwhackers? Yeah. She oh said, my God, those mudwhackers are destroying my home. Like, this is a term yeah, I'm not used to, but I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, her voice shaked a little bit. Like you could feel the anger build up in that. That was probably mine. I like that. Yeah. You could you could, you could tell the anguish without, mm-hmm. or, and also just like the, the returning trauma. It. Yeah. The trauma, yeah, because it's happened once, happens again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this was tough for me because I, I, I don't know that there's one particular moment that really stood out, but I think I'm just going to go That's with it. some of the dog fighting moves um, mm-hmm. from the first uh, fight, uh, space fight, and particularly the one where Bo-Katan does that sick like pivot. He puts the fan, the fin up or the wing yeah. up and flips it around and, and blows that like that that, that tie fighter was just like oh i'm finished oh. <laughs> like, that's it <laughs> so Dead. i gotta go oh shout oh that see that's our guest kevin from last week toying around popping in the chat what's up buddy so good hey. to see you with a hello there how you doing man hello there. um all right lacy uh favorite moment or shot from the episode <laughs> So normally when I watch Star Wars shows, there's usually one moment that like really stays in my head that I'm like, oh, that was such a cool shot. I'm going to admit it wasn't this one just because I was like, there's so much torturing and terribleness and I feel so uneasy that it sat with me weird. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think the thing that's kind of sticking in my head is the shot <laughs> of Bo-Katan internally screaming in her helmet as it pulls out. And then it goes into like the Mythosar head and then back to her and everyone's mm-hmm. like kind of touching her shoulder. And you could just see she oh, was just yeah. like, oh no, what have I done? And I, I, was just I don't like, get I that at all. Oh, no. I think that's oh, no. not what she's feeling at all. You don't? No. But I agree with you, James. There is a part of me, and I think yeah. that's me projecting my own feelings on her. I think there right. also is a part of her that's like, wait, before this, I was alone by myself. Now I have no home. Now they've brought right. me in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we'll get into more details, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just felt when we're but leaving that shot that was scene very or whatever, good. I'm like, it was like, she's, pull, she's push, starting to flip pull. around on this whole yeah. cult thing. She's like feeling like this is what awesome. Is now. I'm starting to get into this. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I took it. Um, James, uh, you buddy favorite moment shot quote i'm i'm sort of with Lacey on the sense that like we wrote it we rated this on the lower end so for me i i'm I, it was one of the two aerial things like you said john it was either mando's like go up real high and turn around and come back down or it was bokatan's on the water flip around and, and come back basically the same move but they each got their version of it i probably preferred bokatan's so out of the mm-hmm. two because in my opinion mando sort of felt a little bit like the uh seismic charge that we got in book of boba fett or maybe that mm-hmm. was actually season two but either way it sort of felt like that same uh thing that we had already seen so i don't know yeah. um i would go with bo and that was probably though the, the the bookends were were interesting although the second one was a little bit slower and the first one had a lot of action but yeah i'm, yeah. I'm just gonna stick with the first that dogfight area was probably the best part of the episode honestly Oh my yeah, god, that shot sh- where he didn't let's go of the engine, and I was like, oh, he's doing mm-hmm. it. And he does like the hang thing, and mm-hmm. then yeah, so- yeah. There were a lot yeah. of cool moves like that, and it. There was one I saw someone in the comments say it, so I'm glad someone did. Where Bo-Katan uh, flies all the way up and just stalls and stops, and it's almost identical to 1989 Batman when the Batwing goes into the moon. Yeah, looks like the mm. logo. Amanda, Not you know what I'm same. talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and Not I was like, same. that had to have been on purpose, right? There were a like, lot of spots in this episode that were on purpose, and you know. Yeah, I don't were. think it was the N1, William. I think it was Bo-Katan's ship. Yeah, I can't comment. How but about I know what you're talking about. Batman shot. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into this thing. Lots to talk about. Um, Amanda, I know you're you're chomping at the bit to get into uh, what you want to get into here, but th- clearly an episode that is a change of pace. We have, yeah. have focus on on uh, some side characters to try to build this story, and we're seeing a different side of the New Republic that we probably didn't expect post Empire. You probably think mm-hmm. happiness, democracy, everything's going great, uh, and parallels with what's going on with Bo-Katan and her internal struggles. So, uh, what what are your overall thoughts on this episode and your biggest takeaways, and just uh, what you think? Is it to me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I. I'm okay. First off, I'm a huge fan of horror and terrifying and things that make me go ick. And so I like it and I like to feel uncomfortable. Amanda and loves so scream, this, by the way, John. I love, love scream. scream. Yes. I love scream. Um, huge fan of that in Friday the 13th. That's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but I liked, I liked that I felt uncomfortable because what that gave me was conflict. And we finally got more conflict here because I feel like at the first couple the two episodes were about mando get into those waters he got in the waters we're here what else now we've got to go we've got to pivot we got to find something else and so going and following pershing i thought was an interesting choice and it and to be able to see 
the dark side of the New Republic from a side we never see because we always see the fluffy, rich senatorial side and the royal mm-hmm. side. We don't, or the scoundrel side, but from like a Jedi purpose, like yeah. from an automatically a good side. This is like, oh, we're doing a good thing. Don't you know? We're doing a good thing. And it was <laughs> really freaky. And yeah. I was like, oh, I love this tension that you don't, you are feeling for Pershing now. You are feeling uncomfortable about the New Republic, which is something most people don't feel like. And I loved right. that. Love that. It gave mm-hmm. me, it gave me big Operation Paperclip vibes for you history nerds out there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Oppenheimer and all that oh, fun stuff. Okay, yeah, I got mm-hmm. you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely South is jarring to see <laughs> the New Republic wearing uniforms that looked very imperial, that yes. were very imperial. Same equipment uh same techniques like the, like it's almost mm-hmm. just like they just took over and didn't even realize that they were doing yeah. the same type of thing they so. didn't know because they won they're the winner they can choose how the rest how the rest of this goes and they're just going right back to what the empire was doing it's just a different Which format it's a different all font. based all based on fear of exactly of uprising and but which mm-hmm. side is the good side who's right you know exactly and it's, it's pretty wild yeah i i agree it's 1984 it's, vibes i mean it's it felt very like utopian in a bad way which is we've never seen star wars in this route which i loved yeah and then and, the switch at the end with with uh oh what's what was her name i don't i'm not hey i'm catching on it but her switch to turn oh uh yes. Kane. Yeah. yeah yes that hurt and i was like oh good and just <laughs> when that look took over good. her face and she tilted yes. her head slightly she that was like, good acting man i'll tell you i was just like subtle yeah mm, yeah subtle yeah. but good yeah. and it got you know, it, it was just not she bites the cookie too she you know it was cookie. not subtle yeah. i knew she was a liar you know how i knew which she yeah what was your she liked, she said she liked the red ones and then there she was oh. eating the yellow one. Eating the yellow one. <laughs> All right, touche. I mean, I kind of got a little bit into it and I was like, you know, I really think she's working for Gideon or she's working for herself to get to a spot where it's with, back with Gideon. Like it felt very, she was in this program to cause some damage. But then at the end, I was like, you know, now I'm thinking, what if she turned down the mound flare? What if she turned it off? What if she's doing this whole thing to where she is a double agent? And I just, I love that stuff, man. Yeah. Um, I, I was torn. I don't know about you, James and Lacey. Uh, at some point, I was like, one of them's going to turn on the other one. Like, yeah, I'm not sure mm-hmm. which one yet. I couldn't tell. So James and Lacey, what, what, what do you think about the, clearly the two, the focus of the meat of this episode, these two and the tension between them. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I knew she was bad from the moment I saw her. Is that a bad thing? Yeah. Cause no, that was, yeah, it was very obvious to me. Too. First of all, she was so bad in the previous seasons that I was like, there's no way that all of a sudden she's a good person. Second of yeah. all, she just has that look. You know how some people just have like a bad guy look to them? Like she just looks you. like a bad guy. Um, yeah. And then also in the kind of recap they had at the beginning of the episode, they showed her being bad. And I was like, why True. are they showing me this again? Um, but yeah, I feel like with Pershing... Every time we've met him, he's been like really anxious and nervous. He's touching his ear because they cut his ear off. Like he's doing all these things that to me wouldn't by body language tell me that he's a bad guy because he's Mm -hmm. so nervous. He's so Mm -hmm. like anxious. And then with her, it was confidently walking in places. She easily walked on the train. No big deal. She was avoiding 
you know, droids and jumping off trains and sneaking into. Mm -hmm. And then the way that she was like, yeah, go ahead. And the thing that gave it away was actually in the ship when there was a loud noise. He goes, what is it? And she goes, oh, it's just the ship settling. And I was like, oh, no. She's like, finish packing that bag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That that was very much a give it away. I will. I will say. Yeah. And then the other part when they're standing there and he goes, he goes, okay, so are you ready to go? And she goes, I'm just going to stay. And I was like, oh, she's going to turn it up. And she's like, we're friends. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not. And she just was like, woo. And I was like, oh, you're the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. I just yeah. knew. Also, I just have a lot of anxiety. So these kind of episodes, I'm like <laughs> on alert at all times. We and I'm like, like, yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, comfortable. <laughs> James, let's um, not forget in season one how um, empathetic and um, – almost protective Pershing was over Grogu compared to the client. There is a sense of humanity to this guy that I think we forget a little bit that we never saw from this character now revealed to be named Aaliyah Kane. Mm -hmm. So were you tapped into that when you were watching that? Were you like, oh, she's definitely the one turning? Or where were you throughout this? uh, Because you're you're clearly a cracker detective or a cookie detective. So I don't know how you feel about (laughs) the characters in general. This was, I think, sort of like why I was kind of down on the episode was because I was never at any point like a twist and turn. I was like, why is this poor guy following this person who's clearly always leading him into a trap? This is It's so like stupid. being in a horror movie and he's got the knife and he's like, do you want to yeah. go check out this garage? And they're like, yeah. OK, sure. And he's like, there's no sure. exit. He was That's not fine. the final girl. Not at all. Not final girl steps. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. I kept thinking so often, like, why isn't he just asking simple questions like, "What's in it for you?" or "Why are you, why are you doing mm-hmm. this for me?" or anything. They never went down that road. It was just like, she's like, "I'm gonna help you if we're gonna do this." And I'm, uh, why? Why is she risking everything she has? Yeah, there was him? no questioning. The, it was, it was, it was a weird episode. And I'm like, he's kind of being really stupid. And I'm like, is he supposed to be like, <laughs> think like thinking there's a romantic angle, and that's why he's like going with what mm. she says or wants to go with what she says or something? And I'm like, I'm not getting any of this. It's just the the storyline of him going down that route. I sort of get it. I believe that he feels that what he was doing wasn't bad and he ended up just hanging out with the wrong people. But I've felt mm-hmm. that way since day one, like when they brought him in and, and it's like dead or alive. And he's like, that's not what we agreed on. It, it, Grogu has to be alive. And it's, you know, it's like, I've felt that this guy was always trying to do the right thing, but he's just in the wrong group of people. And this whole episode was just clearly evidence of that. And I'm going to say a little bit of spice here. Like, I don't get the Andor thing at all. John, you said in the chat earlier, I was like, Andor? This is nuts. doesn't feel at all oh. like it. Like, if oh, Andor wow. is Sherlock Holmes, this is boxcar children. Let me tell you. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> wow. Pull that reference out of the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it just didn't have anywhere near the same intrigue. And like one, mm-hmm. like um, someone earlier was saying too, like uh, 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 it was, uh, yeah, it would be like if Andor, if there was no Andor or Luthen or Kino or Mon Mothma, and it's like, okay, yeah, but like where, where's the connection here? Is it just non uh, aggressive characters, like normal people in Coruscant setting? Is that the only re- the only Andor connection we have? Is it supposed to be spy? Because it's not spy thriller mm. at all i'm not thrilled 
I don't know. I'm still not I... over boxcar children. <laughs> I'm just that's saying. Spicy. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just right. don't see the Andor connection. I, I still feel mm-hmm. like it's Mandalorian, but it, it just uh, like I was not intrigued by the story at all. Some supplies, and then he got busted. But he should have seen it coming a mile away from that crazy lady. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the. There, there is definitely that struggle with that guy. And you could tell it's one of those things where he's sort of this microcosm of people who were affiliated with the Empire, the Imperials, by not by choice, but because they had to. And he has that moral compass, um, which you like to see. Yeah. And, and that's modern Star Wars graying those areas where George Lucas was like, the good guys use the blue lightsabers, the bad guys use the red lightsabers, and we're going to go fast. You know, yeah, uh, and I'm 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 joking because uh, obviously he 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 wove a beautiful tale, George Lucas. But I'm just kind of saying, like, in in terms of the bad guys not always being just absolute, you know, mm-hmm. bad. It's like there's layers to this stuff, and it was cool seeing them explore that a bit because I'm sure there's going to be a reason why we saw this episode, right, Amanda? It's not just because. Yeah. Let's just see what Doctor Pershing's yeah. up to. hundred percent. They're ramping up this cloning thing. So how do you feel about cloning and in this? uh aspect and and like going back to like do you remember like does it make you think about like when he had grogu on that table what do they want with him Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on the whole that whole cloning stuff i think i think it's um, it's starting me to think about snoke a little bit more which i'm i'm not into um but the (laughs) strands talk and i was just like oh i know i see where this is going i also just think pershing is just really a guy who's really into his work and he just will not stop which is a drive that I think we, it was shown a little bit this episode, obviously with his just obliviousness of uh, the fact that this is not going to work out. It was um, very Twilight Zone. Like he was so obsessed it, with it his felt work. Very Twilight very Zone. Very kind of obsessed mm-hmm. to get it done. And at the end of the day, his brain got wiped, is what he valued yeah. the most of anything in his whole life, got wiped. And yeah, like and it seems terrifying. so Twilight. Yeah, Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. Who's the, who's the that. Terminator 2 scientist? Who, oh, oh, Dyson. Is mm-hmm. that who it was? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So you have the you have a, a character who's like legitimately a good person yes. and is trying to do something for the right reason. It gets twisted. It gets messed up. And, you know, it's like that. That's sort of the, the bad side of science or whatever. But I mm-hmm. I do believe this guy that like he's trying to do something. He's like, if we could clone organs, I mean, we're. We're already doing that, really. Humanity is yeah. like we're we're in in the works of cloning organs and other things like that. So that we have hearts to give people, kidneys to give people, you know. Yeah, blood he really believed like, in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Was really trying to push it, and I get it, dude. I get it. But you just got to watch who your friends are, and right. he doesn't know that because he's always right. felt very treated as a scientist. We'll give you everything you want. This is what you need. Also, just do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. And now he's on his own. And now he doesn't know. Yes. And sometimes a mathematical and science driven brain um, might think, not necessarily. The right. They might not not necessarily be as socially observant. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. To that, to that type of stuff. So th- there is a lot of that, too. Um, Lacey, let's check in with our super chats, see what the uh, TRB crowd is, is uh, talking about. Yeah. So we have a couple super chats. First, we have David Probus, a.k.a. Proby One Kenobi. What up, What's David? Up, buddy? He says, Mando Fan Show is live, baby. Welcome to the base, Jedi Amanda. Hello. I like the space. It's comfy. Yeah. <laughs> Next is Cal. Thanks, Dave. What up, Kyle? He said, Katie O'Brien's character was helping Moff, still helping Moff Gideon. Feels like she's hiding something. Thanks, TRB. 
hundred percent. Thank you, Kyle. She took that case so confidently, and all the cops were mm-hmm. like, "We saw mm-hmm. nothing." <laughs> so sketchy. yeah, that's true. Like so she's all, she is in fact like someone who is just part of this. Um, uh, what, what do they call it? They called it the amnesty program. She's still part of the amnesty mm-hmm. yeah. Pro- program. Yeah, it's like why she has any authority. I mean, I know the amnesty program is different from prisoners, but like she's sort of in this institution and she's doing her time good things in order to you know help her way get Mm -hmm. out of it or whatever but i'm like she's running a sting operation on other prisoners what i think it came down to they wanted pershing to do this work they needed him to do it Mm -hmm. he didn't want to do it he was constantly arguing with them to get the work done they see that he's now a part of this new republic program they just need his brain, so to speak. They just need him to tell them what to do, and yeah. then the, they'll get someone else to do the work for him. Do you yeah. think they're going to use but his work against what him? What they just did Probably. have anything to do with it? Yeah, I think because so. she got him to get the stuff he needs, and yeah. then she took it. He got the stuff he needs, and she took it. And also, they're wiping his brain, so I don't know. Yeah, she has everything. He's not, not... going to remember that 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 the event just happened. Is that all that? She depends on the power of the mind flare, right? So he said to the Mon Calamari, he goes, These were used by the Empire, and he goes, No, we're not using it that way, we're only using it for relaxation. And he's like, No, (laughs) this is a weapon, and they're like, No, it's fine. And then she used it as a weapon, she turned it all the way up. Yeah, no, it's not good. I, 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 I guess I just don't understand why she would be in on it with the with the other people to get Pershing caught. Why get him caught? Why not just steal the stuff and just have him work on what you need him to work on? Privatize him so he can't be used in other ways. Once they because have, because he already gave him, a big talk. Yeah. He was a part of the culture now. Like people knew who he was, so they could. Yeah, he's have kind him of a spokesperson. Involved. Yeah, he can still be a threat if he goes on to do things for the good side. So let's get what we need from him now. Equalize him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's always a sleight of hand. She might have just been like, eh, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> she was enjoying that cookie, though. All right. She Dave, was thank enjoying you so the much. cookie. She was. Uh, Dave, thank you for the super chat. He said, My Thanks, Dave. hope while watching them get to the death, uh, the Star Destroyer was that a bunch of other former Imperials were going to be waiting on that ship, start it off, and take it off with Pershing. Either way, I knew she was not good. I know there was a moment that I was like, are they just going to jump, sh- jump ship, like just take mm-hmm. off? And then she was like, oh, no, they, they just don't go anywhere anymore. Maybe, and I remember maybe. thinking in my head, it's so sketchy that no one is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be funny like, if it-, it doesn't matter if the car doesn't run anymore. They're still going to lock it up. And, and obviously <laughs> people are going to come and strip parts from it and stuff like I mean, look at the Andor episodes. High <laughs> important and expensive equipment on the inside and the doors are just open. Like, yeah, what? the Andor episodes where they're in the junkyard, they had like those dog things from Solo there. They had all these other things like watching the junkyard and that's on some random planet. Like you're not going to yeah. protect the Imperial ships. And the outskirts of Coruscant are sort of where Palpatine's hideout was too, you know, mm-hmm. like that dark, like unlit part of the city. And then I was just thinking like you were talking about like Dave's uh, super chat here, like they were just going to like start up the Star Destroyer and go away. I would like to know, I'm sure like Pablo Hidalgo or a reference book tells you like the, the steps to start up a Star Destroyer. I'm sure it's not like <laughs> pressing a key fob button like a <laughs> Nissan Altima. You're just like, all right, here we go. Everyone's trapped in. Star Turn Destroyer the time. key. <laughs> yeah, there's not an exact thing, but I, in um, 
lost stars there's a little bit of like what it takes for so like how many people it takes for the ship to continue to fly yeah and stuff she's got a little bit of like i have to be on board for this <laughs> and i have to put in the code and and it keeps it flying and all this other stuff so there was some stuff there but not necessarily as far as like how to start it up and get it like going but yeah. is there a remote starter in case you're on a cold planet <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got lock and then hold <laughs> <laughs> Our next super chat is from Che. Thank you so much. He says it was wishful thinking on his part to rightfully trust, uh, rightful distrust of the New Republic. She won his trust, and sometimes you miss red flags when you see what you want to see. I hate him being in that machine. It was very uncomfortable. Thank you, Che. And I was it was uncomfortable. It. Twilight, yeah, man. That's a good point. That's it's sort of like showing like. Like they really were showing Pershing again in this like empathetic, like believing in humanity light because he wanted to believe her as being good. And it's it, that's heartbreaking in itself. And I can't help but think when those spotlights went on him and her and then she does that turnaround and is on their side. It felt like Last Crusade and many other movies when Elsa hugs Indy and grabs the diary mm -hmm. and her face just changes. Yeah, uh, it. That is a lonely feeling when you think you have someone, the one person who's with mm -hmm. you in this, you know, crazy situation. And then all of a sudden you're just dead alone. Like that's mm -hmm. got to be no one wants to be in that situation ever. You know, yeah, awful. Our next super chat is from Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks, How's Aaron. it going? He really liked it. Uh, it started off the whole Moff Gideon thing. They were talking about him escaping. Now Gideon showing up uh, won't be random. Maybe I'm alone. LOL. I didn't even pick up that they talk about him escaping, but they totally do as a like gossip, right? Gossip, yeah, and like weird things that would happen that happened to him possibly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then our last super chat for now is from Ryan. Thank you, Ryan, who said, "Can we take a moment and shout out how beautiful Coruscant was in this episode?" Yes, yes, we can. It was beautiful. It was. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I know um, a lot of people were disappointed that it was Coruscant. A lot of people I know were. Uh, oh, I loved it. I loved yeah, it I liked it too. I liked it too. I know people good. wanted um, Hosnian and, and a bunch of other potential spots. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did get a big um, Tron vibe when they were on the. Uh, oh, these the two love Tron. So. We do oh, yeah. Tron. I was like, where's Death Punk? <laughs> I can hear it as they're like leaving the city to the shipyards, like the yeah. looking back, and I just like, ooh, Tron, 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 Tron. So <laughs> the, the funny thing about Coruscant is there were, there were some shots where I was like, wow, this is really good. But for some reason, it felt similar to me, like the prequels did sort of a green screeny or like we shot this person and then we put in the background we're trying to match the two um and i was like is that like we haven't figured that out yet it still feels like like i thought andor did a pretty good job at mixing like characters and and, and things to the background but in this it did feel very often like there was like a, a backdrop behind people and like they were kind of just sitting in a thing and Sometimes it felt kind of green screeny in in this episode. Oh, the volume, you guys yeah. not feel that way. Mm -hmm. You could sense the volume, no question about it. I think it. them walking yeah. at like that fair carnival fair. street, yeah, it felt uh, that yeah, way. That's... But even then, it was just cool. The ice pops yeah. reminded me cool of like the, mm -hmm. the digital fruit from Attack of the Clones. Like, all right, <laughs> Natalie, take a fake bite of air now. <laughs> <laughs> so I love those did, things. Did uh, yeah, did you guys cool. know I, that? I would love to try one. Bring him to Galaxy's Edge. I'll try one. Oh, that's a good point. They could do that. Yeah. I'm over um, here thinking I can like make a, one. A little like Ooh. LED something in like a thin mm -hmm. ice and it just lights yeah. up. Like the stick is an LED yeah. and it's bright. Stick is LED. Different colors How many weeks till celebration can I make? <laughs> <laughs> glowing um, ice pop. 
the the area that they were walking around in is called Monument Plaza. And I was looking up on Wikipedia because I saw some people talking about how it had been mentioned in in like High Republic books and stuff. And it had shown up in some of those. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then I also saw that this is apparently the same area that they show in Return of the Jedi. And I tried to look at the two of them compared and I don't oh. really see it. But yeah, supposedly hmm. like that panning shot that they added for the special edition is over this area. Oh, Oh, very hmm. cool. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I didn't I didn't put that together, but that's what Wikipedia says that Monument Plaza was first seen in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And did you guys oh, hear okay. um March of the Resistance? So yes. when I was listening to it, I couldn't place which song it was. So I was like, that's clearly Star Wars and like carnival theme. I was like, is it Empire and Carnival theme? <laughs> No, it's March of the Resistance. I it was did like, like the solo dumb. Rebels thing, like twisting it a little bit. And it yeah. wasn't even, yeah, like that hidden. It was just like a different, cheerier version of it instead of like yeah. military, let's go get them. It's, it's, like, it's, da, it was da, similar to da, Solo, da, da, though, where da, they have da, da, da. kind of the Empire theme in that yeah. kind of propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. So it reminded yeah. me of that, where they're like, we so are the propaganda. Resistance. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Everyone's having ice pops. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. jump in here with something which I feel is sort of exclusive because I noticed it and I haven't seen one person talk about it. Is that there's another song that is referenced in this that they hide in the background that I don't think anybody else else picked up on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In the scene yeah. at the end with the mind flare and the Moncala in the background, it's the same song that plays in Jabba's Palace. What? Which what? song? It's the, um, I mean, it doesn't, it, I don't know that there is even a name. It's like, like general background casual. music. Oh, the casual background music? Yep. It's just like oh. a scene where like you can hear like creatures like. Nah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just I no, know what you're talking about. Yeah, whatever. Oh, interesting. And I'm like listening to the song and I'm like, so this lines up. If it's a, if it's a hit song in the galaxy, it's probably just playing on the radio or like you would have somebody playing a cover of that song in Jabba's Palace. But I'm pretty hmm. confident it's the same song. It sounds almost identical, just different instrumentation. Can I can I ask you guys? Go check it out. Anyone? I'm gonna yeah, I gotta watch it again. I only watched it once, so I gotta watch it again. But did you guys all wince a little bit at the two on the nose and maybe meta? Uh, it was a trap line. <laughs> it's a trap. So yeah. People line. were talking about that in the chat today. Yeah. I mean, oh, did were they? anybody miss that? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, did anybody? Was like, that? oh, fun. <laughs> then even the Moncala was like. Why am I zoomed what? in on right now? <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to say something? Line? Line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Line? That's, that stupid admiral from like 10 years ago ruined our whole species by stereotyping <laughs> us to a meme. I don't believe this. Man, I, I and have Leia a lot of stuff that we have not talked about, honestly. Yeah. On my but. list. Um, what about uh, the Opera House? That was cool. I thought that was really cool to see. That was neat and kind of uncomfortable because of all of the schmoozing they were doing at the end. Oh, like, that part made me so uncomfortable. I it reminded so me very much of the Hunger Games where they're yes! like, very much like, oh, yeah, where are you? Who are you? Mm, what can I pay you for? That oh, reminded which me of coming. Which, by the that way, they me... don't mention in the movies is that the Capitol is paying for many a thing from these tributes. And that's what I picked up on. Love. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Oh, John's out. What up, John? <laughs> John was like, that reminded me of Andor. I, I, I thought he was being very, very now. I thought he was being very dramatic with his point, but, but yeah, I, just, I thought 
that's what I thought. And I also thought that they um, were maybe kind of schmoozing him to make him give them organs because he was talking very specifically about like <gasps> replicating organs and stuff. And I was Ooh. like, oh, my God, is he going to get involved? Because we don't know what he was doing yet. Like, right. could he be making organs that then they're going to pay for it? And then I remember being like, isn't this already a movie with Ewan McGregor where he's like the second <laughs> clone? <laughs> yes. You know, yes, it is. Yeah, You're right me, about that. That is kind of a schmoozing kind of yeah, like, you, hey, I need a I need something. Yeah, you you yeah, could yeah. be right. I the only thing I took away from that the reason they would say that is because this episode was doing a lot of what you were saying, Amanda, about maybe not painting the the New Republic as like good people or moral people. Mm -hmm. But I don't mm -hmm. necessarily think they were painting them bad. I think they were painting them as like politicians who don't care. Like they even have the one group right. that's like oh, whatever, Empire, New Republic, it doesn't matter. We just try to stay out of it, We're right? just trying to stay out of it. Yeah, yeah it felt very post-World War II feelings, like a very, mm -hmm. like, nuclear family like America won the war. Now we can talk about it any kind of way we want because we're the winners. Like, mm -hmm. we have we have the definition now. And I was just like, <laughs> icky. Yeah, see, that's a little different. Than, I don't know. See, I think you're painting it as like the New Republic is also bad, just like the Empire. And I'm like, I think these people in the core worlds just don't care. They're not playing. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, they just I don't, don't think care. they're playing bad. I, I will say that I was in some ways like a little bit disappointed with the, the way that the amnesty program was being held because it did kind of was like, I feel like the mm -hmm. New Republic are the good guys. But in this case, it is kind of strange that they like put the. I think it's fine that they put them in like a rehabilitation center. They're not locking yeah. them up or killing them. Right. Okay. We, you know, that's fine. But it was kind of strange that they're like told to say they're, or they they're given call numbers and stuff and they're not yeah. even addressing them as people. I was like, that's kind of strange. Right. I don't know what that is about. Mm. And then there's the blade runner aspect of like, do mm -hmm. you have any aggression? And like it, that's, I don't know that that's really accomplishing anything. They're obviously, even if they were, they were, they would just say, Nope. No, I don't, you know, so it I, didn't really feel I, like that program was very effective, even though I'd rather that than like a prison or death sentence to everybody who was associated with Empire, right? Sorry, my uh, my camera dropped out or whatever happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, I, I said of the New Republic. Yeah, they're on. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I felt like it reminded me a lot of Andor in the sense that Perrin and his party buddies don't care what state the galaxy's in. They don't care what type of regime's in place. They're fine as long as they're left alone to just do whatever they want in high society. And those mm -hmm. people were the same way. And one thing that it made me think of was like, everyone kept saying like when the sequel trilogy came out, how could this new Republic only last for 30 years and then have this new author, um, total totalitarian regime come in like the first order. And it's like, when you have people like this who just don't care what's going on and just let things happen, um, you're not going to get momentum behind a true movement to um, a stable I remember, government. So I was I remember like, that you know, being say, whatever, rebels, canon. whatever, you know. Yeah, I remember that being the in canon explanation and, and having fans sort of push back on that concept. Me included is like, it just seemed kind of weird that they were like, I guess the rest of the galaxy is just fine with the First Order taking over. And it's like, really <laughs> that seems a little weird but the more yeah. that they paint the new republic in this light where they don't really care it's this person it's this person it doesn't really matter if the core worlds don't really care what uh the name of their government is called um 
then it is what it is, right? It does sort of mm -hmm. make sense that they would be like, okay, first order, that's fine with me. We were just a new republic. I don't care. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I saw I a comment. Oh, I, I saw a comment too that was talking about Grogu's first words. And I was like, this is going to be debatable because you could argue and there will be people that argue as of now that his first words were, this is the way. Yeah, because they said, because they both look at him, yeah. Because yeah, this, this is the way, this is the way. And then they cut to him making a sound that is in those syllables and kind of simil similar babbling. And they both look and, and before they have a chance to like say, did he just say they get hit with the ship? So the impression is, is it's supposed to be that Grogu's form, forming the words, this is the way. And so I think some fans are going to say, nope, I knew, I knew what he was saying. That wasn't babbling. I understood the language coming from the, the creature. he's going to speak basic English though. Eventually. No, no, no. I, I know I'm, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying like, I, like at what point is a child's first word, the real word. It's not like they go like dog, you know what I mean? It's like, you can sort of make out that it was intended to be dog is sort of the idea there. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking we may, we may have sneakily just gotten Grogu's first words, even though it's not totally legible, it was understandable. And I like yeah. how what you were just saying, James, is they kind of made it so that you didn't focus on it. You just move quickly to the next thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Amanda, what, so what do you, th you know, Grogu obviously is a scene stealer. He transcends Star Wars. He's uh, like Elvis or the Beatles when it comes to that sort of thing. But um, for an episode where he really wasn't a big factor to still get this sort of heaviness and you know, moving the story and setting something up—that's got to be important for the Mandalorian because there's there have been detractors who maybe liked mm -hmm. Grogu early on who were saying like, oh, they're just relying on you know the cute popular baby. Yeah. Do, do you think that that is a very important thing that we really need to you know appreciate? I think we still do because Grogu is the cute, obviously. But we have to understand that his character is building too. He is getting older and he is turning into something different than what we started with season one. And so I think the importance of him learning words, using his powers, still Donna, he's wearing his chain mail, right? He's still wearing the little I think someone talked about it in like episode one and I was like, I think it's there. Um, but I think the importance of allowing him to grow into Grogu and like doing all of that is just as important as him being just a cute little psychic. So yeah. Mm -hmm. We still we still need to give him his time and his strength, but season two was all him, and season one was all him too. Right. And this right. is a lot. The season three is a lot of Mandalorians. Yeah. And Mandalore. Yeah. So I saw someone say that this might be the point. lowest he's been in the show. Like yeah. this would be the lowest amount of screen time this episode. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but it seems almost believable. It seems believable. Yeah. Besides mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. very first episode. You know, oh yeah yeah actually the one comment i saw about that was excluding the first episode yeah 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 and you know his he has a big um arc uh in even book of boba fett where he makes that choice and then yeah he again uses his powers not to help kill something but to lull something to sleep and you know it's using more of the the, the jedi path um but i am curious I, I i'm with you amanda in terms of like you know are we gonna gonna see Grogu like we can't see Grogu with a helmet on and then have him no. take the creed and then like no. Disney's like what are you doing like his face is like half of our revenue exactly like, not, not only that, that, leave him be. that puppet is like what three million dollars John Favreau of course. said yeah the the minute it blinks it blinks at like 
ten thousand dollars yeah but I, I think i don't know to me i've thought of this season of mandalorian as being about the mandalorians not necessarily just in because to me this is kind of becoming the bo katan show yeah. i love it yeah. <laughs> but i think grogu is gonna have to just fit in the mandalorians and it's not just baby yoda show anymore um, oh, and i think it's okay yeah yeah i agree mm-hmm. i think we're just scratching the surface with what that character is going to leave this season with heading into season four, which Favreau said he's already completed writing. So uh, he knows, you know, where this story is going. And that is exciting because this isn't one of those, you know, like we've said this on the show before, Amanda, and I know you obviously love all sorts of TV dramas and stuff. There's certain shows where it's like, Oh, we're popular. We have to do another season. I guess we'll do another season. I'm not going to name any, but they just uh, (laughs) sort of on a whim, create things to, for the next season and stuff like that it seems like favreau has a plan what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but yes it is nice i believe in favreau I believe in his storytelling i believe that he has a good idea versus two showrunners that decided to write the end of a book that's not written um <clears throat> that's fine too uh yeah i think i believe in it it's gonna be good but i think the spotlight's gonna have to be shared yeah yeah i agree could- um, Can we go, go back ahead. to where we started? Because I know that one of the first things when we jumped into the discussion was how Bo-Katan felt at the end of this episode. And it was sort of split, I think, between Amanda and Lacey. You guys were saying that she was probably feeling a little bit like, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? And I don't know how yeah. you felt, John. But like when I saw that scene, I was like, OK, interesting. They're moving Bo-Katan into being a character who's a little bit is is reluctantly sort of starting to understand that maybe uh, Dinjarin is onto something and this creed and this reformation of the Mandalorians is the way. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, yeah. Amanda. Yeah. Uh, I think she's doing it. And I, I love Bo Katan, but I think she's doing it to build an army. Yeah. I she's think playing, she's building her own the game. Army. She's playing the game. She's building her own army. She's got to get past Pat past Paz. <laughs> That was Paz, weird. Yeah. Paz Vizsla to kind of really get into it because I think Din Djarin's going to follow her now. Uh, he, she saved his butt twice. Like he's got his creed back. He's good. He's fine. I think Bo she now yeah. is like, we need to unite Mandalorians as one. You guys mm-hmm. are the crazy cult people, but I think if you follow me, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll succeed. But you're the only ones. <laughs> <It's>, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think where well, we're that's... leaning on this. I like that though, that she's it's she's maybe just seeing it as an opportunity. She's like, you know what? I think she's an opportunity. I have not removed my helmet. Maybe I do have a way in right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's like what that. she was thinking. Greg and... says it great in the chat. He says, I think she's an accidental cult member and is taking advantage of it. <laughs> cult leader and is going to take advantage of it. I think. I think there's that element of, um, again, like we talked about at the top about um, tr- uh, past trauma resurfacing and what that does to you. And sometimes that makes you reactive and not think mm-hmm. as much. Um, uh, it makes you desperate to escape what that outcome was initially. But also, I think learning from history and like, you know, what happened to Mandalore last time. And you had all these families disagreeing on the way uh, Mandalore should operate. Should they be passive? Should they be militant? And then you have her seeing her new home get decimated and saying, well, last time, you know, our division did nothing. And look what happened to to our planet. Maybe now she's thinking, 
this, you know, and she even brought up this wasn't done by, you know, some random attack, you know, and, and you know, a lot of people are alluding to is this the, the, the Thrawn tie in or something like that. Clearly, right. she sees this and, and the amount of TIE fighters they put TIE fighters, TIE interceptors they put in this episode wasn't just to be cool. It was cool, but it was to show like someone with a massive fleet is coming for these yeah. people. Yeah. And, they, and she can't just be like, for you guys, too. I'm going home like Cartman. She needs these people together, even if they have all these. Oh, you're, you're a helmet on guy. You're a helmet off girl. Mm -hmm. OK, well, you know what? That guy with the blue face is going to kill us all. So and we all have to kind of come together and pull together, put our differences aside. We have a, a, a common enemy. It's like in the, the a horrible movie. People are going to hate me for saying this. Independence Day. You, you want, you want world too. peace? You want world peace? Aliens coming to Earth. All of a sudden, all these things we have that we disagree about here, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We all got to come together. Mm -hmm. We got to fight the, the bigger enemy. And I think that's mm -hmm. what's going to end up happening. There's also a piece here that you have to remember that in season two, the only reason Din Djarin found Ahsoka and helped her get into the village to get the information about Thrawn is because of Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan told him where to find her. And then mm -hmm. he helped her get the information about Thrawn. Yes. Isn't this a lovely Ahsoka tie-in? <laughs> it is. It absolutely, yes. is. It absolutely is. loves to do that. Um, I still, right. I'm still feeling a Din Bo-Katan romance. I feel like it's coming. Oh, give me it's the coming. fan fictions. Let's go. It's I, coming. I like it. I, I love like it. it. Uh, I do like that. I was calling it Man Bo, but apparently said uh, Din Bo is another one. I don't know. Din Bo. Din That's Bo? what I've been saying. I, I like Manbo because man, it sounds man, like Man Bun. Yeah, exactly. That mm -hmm. one's. That I like Dimbo because yeah. it sounds like Bimbo, and it's hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I I will admit, like, I don't have a problem if they want to take it that direction, but I got to say it on the record. I don't see what Lacey's seeing. I don't know if you guys are seeing it. I don't see it at all. I don't see the connection, the obvious connection there. Um, but I'm not. It's kind of like Pershing. If you want to see it, it's there, James. You know. Yeah, yeah, you can you can find it if you want it, but I think I think that kind of belongs you, you, in the fan fiction. I don't think we're going to get the romance. To see it too, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. My, my fear is like when it when it, when something is just it it doesn't seem like it's clearly evident there at all, and someone's like, "Oh, it's there," and you're like, "No, it's not." And then for some reason, mm -hmm. like they go that route, and that person. For is some able reason, to be we like, get Raylo, and then that whole thing happens. Yeah. Let's not get started on that. Jedi I don't want to get started on that. I don't want to. Lacey, I'm angry about it. The blood we, pressure we, is starting to rise. But did you see let's, some let's, the ro romance that is not there? Hmm. Well, let's lower the James, blood I'm pressure. I'm going to push you into the mines of Mandalore pool. Yeah. And just yeah. <laughs> spark you in there. All right. You're going to be well, like, I didn't know there was a cliff. <laughs> Lacey, we got a couple of super chats about Grogu, which should lower our blood pressure a little bit. <laughs> we Thank do. You. Uh, so I'm first we have Frank. <laughs> hey, Frank, thanks for the super chat. He said, Hey, TRB, do you think Grogu will be able to wear the Mandalorian helmet full time since he eats all the time? He'll have to be redeemed a lot. I hope he likes bats. <laughs> bats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cute. Thank I you. I mean, it's Frank. true no. <laughs> because <laughs> Disney won't allow that. Yeah, I, I can't say, like, maybe he'll have like a he gets like a part time little helmet or something. I don't know. <laughs> part time, he's a part time, part -time Mando. <laughs> Maybe this whole yeah. thing of them coming together gets rid of all creeds and stuff. Like maybe, maybe the, eventually by the end they're all taking their helmet maybe, off and like. Maybe, I mean, maybe ugh. we get an answer because you know Din's been wearing the helmet following the rules. Uh, 
although and and technically they're the clan of two they're the mudhorn clan right yeah and then so and he's considered grogu is considered the foundling so the thing is is like if the if he's being redeemed and and accepted back into the cult then how does grogu fit into that is he still young enough that he doesn't have to wear the helmet or (laughs) at what point is he gonna get put where that draw the line where they with the other kid we saw in the first episode where you know he's a rabbit hole because that kid's what like 12 or something and grogu's like i'd say 50? yeah <laughs> 52 <laughs> you know it's hard to say well our next yeah. super chat's from jay thanks jay he says i think din will be conflicted about grogu taking the creed he would not want to see uh he would not want to see his little face ag- would he not want to see his little face again can members of the same clan see each other's faces i have no idea i'm assuming not i say I no which is Mm-mm. crazy I always wondered, yeah. like, how does it smell in there? Like, what do you it? guys? You know, I think the same. Like, <laughs> I know what it smells like in a helmet. I do. I was gonna say, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. I mean, what kind Stinky of Mando would you be? Would you follow the creed and do the helmet thing, or would you be like Bo-Katan style and be like, uh, "I'm taking my helmet off whenever I want"? This is this is my brand. <laughs> I am not putting this thing under a helmet. No, it stays out. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be able to i i like i put that helmet on just for bits on this show and like after like a minute i'm like get this thing off my face like oh. there's no way yeah yeah i feel you when i wear a th- my ahsoka leku it's like wearing a giant pillow on my head i'm walking around I'm like what you say what <laughs> say a little louder sonny i can't hear a thing i like to i like to pretend that in the star wars universe the helmet somehow work like they're the technology that we don't have where it's like breathable and just people oh, don't yeah. mind putting them on they have the having seal, them on you hear it when they put it on the time like yeah 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 there's yeah. some insane I, I like noise canceling technology yeah 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 that's fair um all right let's well are there any other aspects of this episode you want to get to before we just do some speculating on what we think happens next week um mm. I feel like we covered it. I, like, I think I'm good. The only okay. note that I wrote down that we haven't talked about is how I, per- and this is personal, I thought the mail delivery guy looked like Kendall Gellner, one of our patrons. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Watching again, I was like, how did he get in the Mandalorian? That's him. That- Oh, I like wish him. that would be it, amazing. It felt like his yeah. mannerisms. I it was Dave at first because I actually Maybe wasn't looking at the screen in the chat. Filoni? When he. Yeah, because I, I was cooking dinner and I was like, is that Dave? It sounded like him for a bit. And then I turned and I was like, oh, that's not Dave. <laughs> nope. Not Dave. Um, we do have one more right. super chat that I'm just going to jump into really quick from Nix. What's up, Nix? Oh my gosh, Nix with the super chat. Uh, what? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nick. that's awesome. Nick said, Crazy. happy Thank I you. made it to a live Mando show. I feel chapter 19 is our build-up episode to a big reveal that's coming next week. Super chat to say thanks and use towards your Star Wars Celebration Europe travels. See you soon. Always oh. love and appreciate all that you do for the Star Wars community, TRB. Nick, that's coming right back to you because we're going to get you some drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, oh, what do you want? Uh, it's going to yeah. be a great time. Yeah. I'm we're gonna, so yeah. excited. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to let us know the places to go. And yeah. We're going to get you some drinks and whatever you guys eat over there. Snacks. Um, Jealous. Have a wonderful time. Oh, yeah. You're going to be mad. I wish I could go. I know. 
it really bums me out but i'm also happy that london is it's i'm happy it's going to london i'm happy it's getting out of the u.s still yeah. mm-hmm. you're yeah, on the sure. website but still i am on the website <laughs> i'm on if you, channels, you saw my face everybody <laughs> <laughs> and the socials you'll probably see it more than once yeah me not yeah. there though recap Thank videos you. always Thank you, Nick, for that. That's amazing. Um, wow. Um, all right. So next week, what do we think is going down? Do we think we're hitting pause on this story and picking that up later? And we're getting right back into more heavy Mando stuff uh, based on like picking up where the episode literally ended with Bo-Katan. Is she going to, you know, buy in fully? Amanda, what do you, where do you think we're going next week? It's going to be the I halfway think- point in the season. I think it's going to be all Bo and her struggles with now being a part of the Creed. And whether she is going the opportunist route, whether she's just like, oh, this is what I am now because these are my people. I think it's going to be a lot of that inner turmoil. And I do Oof. think we're pausing on the Pershing story for a bit. Okay, cool. Do you, th- um, do you think we pick up with that story again this season or is it going to be another show or like C- Mando season four? Pershing, the Pershing story? No, I think we're going to pick it back up on it. I think it's going to have a whole tie-in with Moff Gideon coming back the last two episodes okay. wanting something just because I think, I, I think you know, that was a whole sting operation. I believe she's a double agent. I believe yeah. she's working for him. I think that's just going that route. But like, why wipe his brain? I'm still kind of struggling with that. So, yeah, if okay. she did that, just to throw it out there, Carl Weathers is directing episode four. So okay, so mm-hmm. give us a little bit of thought of how that might tie in. I did I don't I don't really know if there's it? any sort of consensus to. <sighs> Bryce Dallas Howard is doing it or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. Carl Weathers is is directing. I don't know. Do we have we have the list for writers too, right? I yeah, everyone in the chat's been saying it's Dave Filoni's. So if that's the case, then we would assume Ahsoka might be showing up. Ahsoka Maybe. or Keeping with Bo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Um, I mean, Carl Weathers directing. Don't, wasn't there um, like a massive? His attack. was the lab one. A massive attack on Navarro in the trailer. Yes. Um, if he's directing this one, he may star in it also. Is this the death of Grief Karga? No. Ooh. I hope not. But like, why would they go back to there? Why? Uh, that's a good question. Is it the, the pirates. pirates that come back? Is it? Yeah. Um, Halfway through I... and we're getting that little subline. I feel like we need to get the through line of saving Mandalore. I don't know. I agree. I agree. So yeah, Favreau and Filoni are writing this episode, this upcoming episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that too. I was trying to find like, but Filoni's also writing up another episode. episode that was very clearly wrong from like December of 2022. <coughs> yeah, I I don't know that this is going to be Ahsoka yet because um, Filoni's be also seven. co-writing yeah. the seventh one, yeah. chapter 23. So we'll see. But yeah, Carl Weathers, um, and then that goes right back right into. Peter Ramsey, and then also now, let's not forget. You know, I don't know that they plan celebration based on this get like plan this schedule based on celebration. I doubt it, but the April fifth episode leading into celebration is the Bryce Dallas Howard one, so I'm sure there's gonna be hype for that. And then the final two post celebration are Rick Famuyiwa, and that that the seventh one is Favreau Filoni, so that's probably your. Ahsoka I feel like that Sabine's gonna show up then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like all we're going to start pulling yeah. the Thrawn Sabine. I think that that's going to start pulling. But uh, I kind of hope not. I don't know. I hope not. This needs to stay Mandalorian. This needs to stay there. Unless they win their fight, 
Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Everything is golden and peachy. Like, and they need another <laughs> sure. conflict, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think Ron's a lock for Mandalorian, but I really feel that Sabine could be the option to lead us into the Ahsoka series. Yeah. That would Definitely, be very since cool. she's got the, you know, Mando background. Also, Darksaber. Where'd it go? <laughs> so, uh, Din has it back. Yeah. He's got it back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we talked about that last week. So she uses it, but then when he wakes up like, and he, he's like, I'm yeah, I'm not going with you or whatever. I've got to bathe in the water. He, he puts it. his gun away, he puts his knife away, and he picks up the dark saber and puts it back on his Got table. it. So, missed that. And completely. she had no was problem. Like, she was very I did clearly too. watching Trust me, him. Though. I'm sure a lot of people so did. So she didn't she didn't like say, like, hold on a second, that belongs well, to mine me. now. You know, or, yeah, <laughs> she watched it. So it's it was just a thing that she just happened to use it. Yeah. She'll get it back. I Wait, hope she does. When are we getting our Boba Fett in this season? I thought I thought it was going to be this week because the writer was co-writer or was a, one of the writers for, for Book of Boba Fett. But he's going to pop in somewhere with Fennec Shan, right? I want it. I don't know. <laughs> are you, are, you're, not a, you're not a Boba Fett fan? Okay. I All right. <clears throat> no. He is actually, everyone <laughs> that knows me is, is very, knows, knows how I feel about the Fett. I think I just I've always just disliked Boba Fett up until his appearance in The Mandalorian. I thought he was lame. I thought his costume was dumb. I thought he just just a chump part. You know, he just goes out like a like a wuss. I've always hated Boba Fett. I felt the exact same way too. Yeah, me and (laughs) And Lisa both felt the same way. And then Tamara Morrison and yeah, yeah, like it had of course redeemed him, but no, I'm not a fat man. I love yeah. sitting shame. Not a fit. I would like to see Boba Fett come back and do Boba Fett things and help. Sure. Mando, but it does not good. need to be the Boba Fett show on the Mando. It does not. No, he is a side no, character. You, yeah, I agree. Not, yeah, we, we, we already sort of did a like side episode. We can't do like, it's only an eight episode season. So when people call this episode like a filler, I'm like, that you can't call an, no, uh, no. an episode that's one of eight a filler. You yeah. Just can't yeah. So, uh, you can call it whatever you want, but that that's that just doesn't make sense. Usually, a filler is if wow, we have to write twenty six episodes for this show. Let's do right. one where they they get trapped in an elevator. Like, yes, that's we'll a play the episode. Clone Wars over again. And we'll just give it to yeah, John yeah. Jar Binks. He can take but it for this, an episode. It's fine. This has a this has a purpose, <laughs> but I think there's not enough episodes in a Mandalorian like Andor, which also are longer episodes where you can do these mm-hmm. side things. I think we're mm-hmm. we have to be done with these side things because we haven't seen Moff Gideon yet. We need obviously more Mando yeah. Bo-Katan escal- escalating that. The Rebels crew is coming in. We need to bring it back to center here. So um, I just don't. I think my biggest conflict is I don't know how we can wrap it back to Din having the biggest like problem. Like his problem was saving Grogu, getting back into Kree. Now what? Now what is Din about? What is he going to do? Yeah. So the only comp, well, the only thing is yeah. Bo and getting back Mandalore. Like I don't know where it's going. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny you say that too because we just got that episode of the Bad Batch today, and it's like they feel like they're fine, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how are we going to get to the finale where like there's a big problem when it seems like they're like setting up their retirement, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I Can't I think that. what is what's also interesting in this season is I feel like we do have to get that cameo from Book of Boba Fett because we 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 know that Tamara Morrison was reciting lines on the beach, right? He has stuff. And oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing for Book of Boba Fett season two, so it's probably for Mandalorian season three. I assume he's he's around. And mm. I also think we could potentially get like if if Mando has an episode for whatever reason he has to go back to Tatooine, 
besides Pelimato and all that whole situation, you could get the the Boba Fett, the Fennec Shan, and also the um, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth, yes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And they could sort of sort out some of those things that they've been saying about that, which would lead up to just just how we're saying about Sabine, like give us a little bit of that, and that'll lead into the whatever it is. You get us the whole like Boba Fett saying like. I don't know if I'm if I want to do this. And then uh, I think I'm going to hand it over to this guy. And then you get your Tim the Elephant yeah. cameo. Yeah. And I, f- I also I think believe that's, I think that could be this season. I, I get you. But I also believe the show writers are a little cautious because everyone one of the biggest things about season two was at the cameo season. It was every episode we had a new person from the past out here. Right. And where, where did Mando go? Where did Din go? Where did Grogu go? So mm-hmm. I think they're kind of like just walking on thin ice being like, we got to be careful with our cameos and who we're bringing in each episode. That's fair. That's fair. There's a tight amount of content to work through. Um, and the story is getting more complex. So it's less opportunity to just be like, let's sprinkle this person in. Yeah. Here. So I mean, we're not... leading up to a war. Yeah. For Mandalore. Right. I mean, it's... Um, uh, Lacey, any, uh, anything you want to toss out there prediction-wise the for next week? Well, I feel like Obviously, Moff Gideon is still out there pulling strings. He's still meddling and stuff, which makes me excited because I feel like, I don't know how you felt about this Jedi Amanda, but the three of us were kind of like, wow, he kind of went down like a chump. Kind of like, oh, really did. He really oh, did. Shit. I felt the same. <laughs> when I had to open season tears yeah, to get season- be like, okay, what happened to everybody else? <laughs> that season finale. Season one, <laughs> he shows up and he like he's like, I know your social security number. I know what you did yeah. for lunch yesterday. And you're like, oh my God. And then I know. he's like, yeah, he was a chump. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he's getting his badassness back. Like he's gonna Absolutely. be like a tough guy again. Um, but I think next week is going to be Din and Bo-Katan grappling with the cult that they're a part of now. Yes, and, like 100%. what that means. And then obviously, I think I think the Navarro thing, like James was saying, is going to happen next week where they get attacked or there's some big fight there that they then have to leave. Mm-hmm. Right, right. To go, but then again, the armorer said to Bo-Katan, "You can come and go as you please. Like we're not making you she stay here." She did say that, but I don't, I don't like know. you. If you want to leave, leave. <laughs> The, yeah. what and she, the she one words word. are she's very pertinent eloquent. they're for a reason yeah. she's yeah. i forget what word it was she said some word that was just like emily swallow just said it like so over the top that i free I, to you know, go or free to leave or something wasn't it free to uh, the go. Living wa- did she say what about waters she's like it's the waters the living waters yes. i don't know <laughs> like it was the waters <laughs> yes was, they are the living I, waters <laughs> <laughs> Look here, see, guy. The only person who made water three syllables. Wahata. <laughs> Wahata. Uh, but I like right. applaud her because it's such a specific voice. Like she's done such a good job. But every time she says something, mm-hmm. I find myself just mimicking her as I'm sitting here. Oh yeah, I'm and still sort of waiting for her. Like, what, what, what does the armor do? Like, we saw her fight yeah. one time, but I'm like, why are they all like following her? I want to see her like really. Do, do something. something cool yeah. remember the joke we made where din was coming in and they were like shh, shh, shh. he doesn't know we're here or like shh, put your helmets back on put your helmets. <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> oh, it's like the truman show where yeah. they're all in on it um but it's so funny last thing i know we got to get out of here but last thing um my my wife likes what the mandalorian and she asked she's like i wonder what that woman looks like and i showed her emily swallow and she's like why do they put her in a helmet? Like that, you know? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but uh, she she's like, oh my god, she's beautiful. 
you know. But <laughs> anyway, um, I, I want to thank everybody for for listening and watching and being a part of TRB and the Mando Fan Show. Before we do get out of here, uh, we have some thank yous to give out to people who make this show possible. Um, our patrons at uh, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, specifically our generals and spice runners, uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, a lot of them in the chat today. Uh, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, Diana, Ivar, Micah Harrison, and Chris White, and our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you all for your support. And all of our patrons, uh, you have no idea um, how you help us, uh, but it is immense, and we thank you very, very much. Um, Amanda, Jedi Manda, uh, again, your plugs, let people know where they could find you and talk to you about Mando and all the other nerdy stuff that we love, including your amazing books and cosplaying. Yeah, you guys can find me on social media, any social media out there, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Jedi Manda. I'm all over the place. I do cosplay all the time, and I do uh, tutorials, but mostly pertaining to Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and Marvel. So if you're really interested in learning how to make costumes, I have written two books on how to get into cosplay um, and they're available on Amazon. And if you're going to C2E2 in a couple weeks, look for me. I'll be there. All right. And yeah. And for our audio listeners, uh, the book, I know it's long titles, but just look up Level Up Creative Cosplay on Amazon and yep. you'll be able to find Amanda's books. Very cool. And congratulations, by the way. That's impressive. Thanks. That, that is, is so great. awesome. Writing is harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but the reward is fantastic. So I'm very grateful these exist. Awesome. And Lacey, did I see a couple of super chats pop in last second here? Yes. So we have Qui-Gon Jay who said, couldn't make the live. So just popping in to say, love the show and love Katie O'Brien. I'm love saying the typo popping too, I know that's what you meant. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joseph said, thank you all for doing this. It was awesome to be able to finally be able to join. Have a great Bendu night. Thank you, Joseph. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Joseph. Thank Thanks, you so Joseph. much. Um, okay. Um, and for us, uh, Johnny Hoey on Twitter and my movie podcast, just like the movies, uh, check us out. We're going to be doing uh Matt Damon movie born. Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon. Great wall. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> James, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra chunks and for the next two weeks still yet doing, um, the bad batch reaction show. So as these episodes come out on Wednesday, so do the bad batch. And I, have a little thing in the morning where I talk about the Bad Batch episode. So if you like Bad Batch, come and check us out. And we're in the home stretch. Um, yep. Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And then on Wednesday mornings, uh, I do these reaction videos of me watching The Mandalorian live on Patreon only because I look like I just woke up because I did. Um, <laughs> and I will be doing The Mandalorian Minute next week, which is my first official reaction to the episode here on the YouTube channel. Yes. And uh, for our admirals, generals, and spice runners on Patreon, we will see any of you that are around shortly for our monthly hangout. Um, so we will see all of you soon. And for everyone else, thank you again for being with us. Uh, Amanda, can't thank you enough. This was a lot of fun hanging out. 
Uh, so thank we, you so, for the invite, Lacey and team. This is fun. I love. I don't know I if you have pockets in your cosplays, but we bestow upon you a key to the resistance base anytime you want to come back and hang out. So thank you. <laughs> anytime, literally anytime. <laughs> um, we will be back next week to discuss. Oh, I just hit my mic to discuss <laughs> chapter twenty of the Mandalorian, which I can't believe it's going to be the halfway point already. But thank you to everybody once again. Enjoy your weeks. Enjoy spring as it's just around the corner. And we'll see you next time right here on the Mando Fan Show. We'll see you around, kids.